Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Slice of Pie podcast, or a Slice of Pie podcast, um, I should say. Uh, we've got a busy episode of, of things to talk about, um, and I think a great place to start is the fact that um, I may or may not have had a, a, a bit of a, a party with some friends. It was just a few friends. It was like two other people, basically, and me. Um, and it was a good night, and I'm still recovering from that night, and that's all we need to say. But I've actually, I got some, uh, homemade juice. It's, uh, half an orange, a few strawberries, banana, and a peach. It's quite nice. Um, and it's helping me pull through, even though I woke up. At like midday, but we move. Um, so far, though, um, if we're talking about big events going on right now, obviously there's the Euros. Not sure how much my audience cares about the Euros, though. Um, I was thinking of talking about the Euros starting up, but uh, I don't feel like dedicating a whole episode to the Euros is a smart move, just because. Audience-wise, it is split between America and the UK for the most part. Uh, well, UK and Ireland, I should say. Um, so, at least for for me, um, I feel like if I talk about the Euros, I'm gonna hit some, you know the UK and Ireland people, and they they might be most likely will be interested in that, bar probably a few, um, but. I don't think it's worth just dedicating an entire episode to, but I guess if people do want to see an entire episode dedicated to the Euros, I, then, you know, I, I can definitely do that. Um, maybe I'll do it next week if that is the case, but we'll just see. I think as far as current events go, I think probably the best thing to talk about is either E3 or the boxing match. Um well, the, the the YouTube versus TikTok boxing event. So I think we'll do the the YouTube TikTok boxing event a bit later, um, and we'll talk about some of the E3 stuff, and then maybe next week we'll we'll go over a few more. Because uh, really, the only thing that I was going to talk about so far has been um, Halo Infinite um, that is finally coming out, and it actually looks quite good. Now I'm not, you know, I I've never been able to own my own console before. Um, I've never had a, um, Xbox or PlayStation or anything of that sort. Now I have a Nintendo Switch currently, um, and other like Nintendo products that I can like, like, like the, well, I guess I have the Switch and I can, I could basically make that a console. And so that's about the closest thing I've ever gotten to one. And I've never really been fully interested in getting a console to be fair, um, because I never... Because I never had one growing up, I never really got into it, and I've always just been more PC game heavy. Plus, I think about the console games that I would play and realize that I have way more fun on the actual PC. So, because there's more options that you can do on the PC, and I very much enjoy things like modding. Now, as far as, you know, Xbox goes... They needed Halo Infinite to be 
to they they needed it not only to come out but they needed it to be good they needed it to be really good um they really can't let halo infinite be a bad game because i think moist critical put it the best way is you know when's the last time you really had to buy an xbox because there really haven't been xbox exclusive games that you're like yeah i want to play that i really want to play that and and i think you know halo infinite what we kind of saw with it um so far with with e3 now obviously there's no uh i don't believe they showed in-game um gameplay or anything like that but the fact that they have a campaign and a multiplayer is promising and to the people that bought the xbox series s then or is it the xbox series x or whatever i don't know i, I don't pay attention to the xboxes i'm gonna be honest um i pay more attention to playstation just because they release stuff so but um xbox you know they finally have a game coming out that people can be excited about so i think quite frankly that's a good thing um not only is it going to help xbox out a bunch but just in general like it's a good marketing move for them as well um but that's about it really for for that i'm actually excited to see what it looks like i'm interested to see what the campaign's like obviously i don't think i'll be playing it but i'll definitely be watching it looking at like early access stuff and trying to keep a close eye on it because i do like to keep uh an eye on like games that have come out recently and 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 this that, and the other and speaking of those um the ratchet and clank game that came out looks absolutely sick um i think the one thing i'd say is it does kind of look like a kid's version of doom weirdly enough it's like cartoon doom which and i've never played a ratchet and clank game because i'm pretty sure they're mainly um oh i know i mean it was just never like a thing that anyone really told me about just to begin with um i didn't really know about ratchet and clank until much later in my life much uh you know into my high school years so for me and then i never really i didn't really care because i didn't really understand it um but i was watching through uh most of the moist critical stream of of ratchet and clank and you know i must say graphically it's pretty stunning um i think gameplay wise it did look a bit repetitive at times because it's kind of just you know you've got similar characters that you're just destroying with the same weapons but then, you know, it kind of goes to the whole, like, Doom idea as well. Of, you know, have these weapons and you you do a stage with the weapons. Um, uh, but I think it was definitely... It definitely was cool. The, the... I think... I think people... I think it's like 70 bucks, though. And I, I, I really think the, the threshold for a game should be 60. I feel like if you're going to charge people more money for the game, then then you should get 
perks and bonuses. If you charge more than $60, it shouldn't just be the game. So that's kind of my five seconds on that um, whole thing, I guess. Because, I mean, re realistically, I feel ripped off every time I pay $60 for a FIFA game. And when you have a game like Ratchet and Clank, you know, you're going to play it maybe once, maybe twice of the way through, you know, twice through. Uh, maybe maybe a third time for for things and you you know you're probably gonna buy a few DLC here and there if they they come out with DLC um, you know if you're paying 70 up front you know it's you do feel a bit more ripped off you know for it's like I think with the with video games is obviously they have to be marked up the prices have to be marked up because um, otherwise they're not the the people who are making the game they they won't be able to make a profit off of them. But even you know I mean Pokemon put their price from forty to to thirty five, you know they they'd still make a profit they'd just make less of a profit. But it's a number that looks better to people, and I hate the whole let's just charge it you know. Thirty-nine ninety-nine. We all know what you're doing. I mean, if you at least make it like thirty-four ninety-nine, we're like, you know what? That's fine. I'm okay with that. That that works. That's that's a bit less. So, and I feel like on release, if you released the game and gave the price a twenty percent discount on release with a code like if i was a game developer i would have custom codes that you could put in to get 20 percent off a game and you'd you'd have to know about it it would be something that's released publicly but you'd have to know about it and you can put it in you get 20 percent off of the game on launch but it has to be of the day of launch that you can use it it's only redeemable on that day. And then you'll get more people who will consider it. Because if we do some quick maths real quick here, you know, um, you know, you get, basically, you, you're going to roughly get 10, 12 bucks. I think it was, yeah, it said 12. So you're going to pay 48 bucks for a game. So it's going to be like 47.99 or whatever and or 97 or math you know but and people would say and it probably per game it probably like averages out to you probably got 20 bucks per game and then you're just tripling it to make a profit so i mean and that obviously that depends on the game but you know i mean you release that you at the sale you're going to get more sales and if you already have it at a level where you're going to make a profit then that means that you know if if you're already going to make a profit then if you add this on you're actually going to have more sales especially online sales which is where you know a lot of the the profits coming from now because people aren't going into to, into GameStop constantly or into Best Buy to buy games, or, you know, into other, like, local stores to buy 
video games. They're they're buying it online. And especially after the pandemic. And so adding like making games seventy dollars right now, it also just feels like maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. Maybe seven you know, it's ten more dollars, but you know, why don't you just add like a slight, you know, decrease in price or something? Because, you know, we know oh it's the pandemic and all that. It's you know is my one of my biggest things that I didn't like was uh, with short sword and shield with with the Pokemon games is that they were sixty bucks for fucking hot garbage, you know, it, you feel so ripped off when you paid sixty dollars for some hot garbage because you just you don't want it anymore. You don't want to have to deal with it, like you don't want to play the game and now you spend sixty dollars and you feel like you have to and you just don't want to. You you try and sit down and play it and say it's not that bad when in reality it it is it is just really bad. So yeah, it is what it is. Um, but let's talk about YouTube boxing now. We've hit that kind of halfway point. Uh, it's probably time to talk about the YouTube boxing event. I'll start it with uh, the two skirmish fights or. Uh, semi-pro fights that they had it was um what was it ryan johnston versus cole Siraj and then austin's brother fighting some other dude who literally didn't know he was supposed to be training until like two weeks ago so um looking at you know, looking at those two fights, like, I'll I'll say this, um, well, for one, Austin's brother just completely destroyed the, the TikTok or whatever, I don't know what his name was, I mean, there was just, it was not even a competition, I don't, uh, was it, Land? is it, is his name Landon? His name's Landon, isn't it? Um, he fucking destroyed that fight, like, there was, there was nothing anyone could have done. They're like, there was no way Landon wasn't going to win. I think a lot of the pe people would have thought the same for the Cole Sirage, uh ryan Johnston fight, though. And I will say this. Cole Sirage put in a valiant effort. Um, if I remember correctly, he did get knocked out in the end, but it was the like late in the fifth round. And, you know, he he, he put up a fight against someone who just looked bigger, taller, stronger, and meaner than him, quite frankly. And I think he did pretty well. I mean, he really took some big punches. Um, and so I think we have to give him full full credit and full prompts for actually, you know, putting up not only a very exciting and, and good fight, but also holding his own against someone who looked like would just knock him out in the first round. Um, and to, to, to fight back. It's not like he just ha held his hands up the entire time. And we'll get to Michael Lee in a second. But, you know, it's just, yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. Um, Tanner Fox didn't fight. Uh, he dropped out last minute, apparently. Because, um, you know, that happens. So, I mean, I can't really talk about that fight because it didn't happen uh so we'll move on to the phase jarvis michael lee fight and um 
You know what? I, I, I poked fun at Michael Lee. He actually, in the first round, if he didn't get, if he was up against, like, if Michael Lee was up against Deji, Michael Lee would have lasted a few more rounds. Um, if not to the end. He actually looked like he was in shape. He looked like he was ready to do this. And it just so happened that, that Jarvis was literally like an actual... He trained to be an actual tank. This man tur had a fucking turret and everything. Like... Jarvis was... Just destroyed him. Jarvis needs to fight someone better than, than, than Michael Lee. And it's the no dis disrespect to Michael Lee... Because I feel like, you know, if Michael Lee did this again, trained again, has that experience, I think he could definitely do something more. I mean, you look at what, what Gibb was able to do, and we'll get to Gibb in a second. You know, Michael Lee can definitely bounce back, I think. I think he showed enough that, you know, he can be a competent boxer, definitely. Um, And it's kind of a shame that Jarvis just made him look like a, a punching bag the entire time. I mean, Jarvis went in. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what Jarvis can do in the future, because I feel like, you know, Jarvis with a few more fights under his belt and a bit more more experience could actually beat someone like Jake Paul. Um, definitely. So, we'll see what happens there. As far as... Um, as far as the next fight, so we had um, Vinny Hacker versus Deji. And you know, this is the last fight before the big fights. YouTubers have won the last three events. And, you know, obviously there's only you know, three more. So YouTube will, will win pretty much regardless at this point. And, um, Deji just lost it. I mean, I remember watching it, and I, I you know, because it was one of the, the, because I, I tuned back into other, some of the other, um, earlier fights after the Deji one. The Deji one was one of the first ones I, I watched the Jarvis one, because I was watching Jarvis's live stream, and so we got to see up to, only to a specific point um in the skirmishes and then i kind of just went and watched that fight or, and then i watched the deji fight then i went back and watched the jarvis fight um so but uh i deji round one was on top Vinny hacker was you know he was on the he had him on the ropes a few times he got a few punches i mean Vinny got a got a good good punch or two in i believe in the first round and then the second round happened and deji just looked out of it deji did not look ready to fight after that it's like he came in thinking this Vinny guy was not even going to be able to hit him and then he gets two hits in in the first round and deji just just a lot loses it he completely loses it and it is interesting to think about, right? Just looking back on it, is I don't think Deji did anything necessarily wrong in the first half of or the first round, because he definitely won the first round. 
Vinny Hacker just came in in the second and third round and and just took advantage of a shell-shocked Deji. And I don't know what was going through Deji's mind because to me, it didn't look physical. He didn't look tired. He just looked mentally like he'd been smacked, you know? And I, I wonder if, you know, maybe the first, those first punches just hit him in the wrong place or something because... He looked winded. He really looked win- he really looked winded especially in that third round. And people are saying it's because of his his stamina and the fact that he wasn't doing cardio or anything like that, but I just don't know. It just doesn't seem plausible that someone that he doesn't learn his lesson from the Jake Paul fight. That's one of the things. It's like people are saying, "Oh, Deji didn't train again. Deji didn't train again." You know, look what he he's done it again and i'm just thinking there's no way he doesn't train for another boxing fight and maybe you know you just you don't know you don't know and Eson gibb versus taylor holder that to me that fight was the main event i mean it wasn't the main event but it felt like the main event this was Gibbs' redemption story. Um, Gibb lost to Jake Paul in the first round. You know? And... I think everyone kind of... I think people thought Gibb was going to win initially because of just European hype, because people from England wanted to hype him up and, and, and back him. And I feel, you know, I, I totally understand all that. I, never, I haven't really seen, like, videos of Gibb training or anything like that, so I didn't really know what shape he'd be in. Um, I'd seen him in videos being Big Gibber, and and uh, he, he, he does enjoy his food. So it's kind of interesting to think about, you know, in boxing and being in, in, in you know, peak shape. I've also left out the DDG fight. I completely for, uh, forgot that happened. Um, DDG beat Nate, Nate Wyatt, was it? Nate Robinson, was it? I don't remember. It. I mean, DDG was just on top every round, and, and, and fair play to the guy for, for uh, the other guy for being able to stay in that long, but it, it wasn't a good fight. It was kind of boring. Um, but going back to, to the, the Taylor Holder fight, they call, her, they call him, you know, he's a holder for a reason. Because that's all he did in the entire fight. He just, uh, he held his hands up and he hugged Gibb a bunch of times. He threw about four or five punches, it seemed like. I mean, obviously, I think he threw like 16 punches and, and 10 of them landed or something like that. But Gibb had like 45, 46 punches. And like over 30 of them landed. And... Here's the thing. Statistically, I don't think there's in any world you can say Gib won when it goes all the way to round five and finishes, and those are the stats. I mean, if that if it's the stat of someone like me against someone who's t- like six foot five and actually built like a brick wall. And they just give me, you know, 40 punches to just 
try. And then they knock me out in two hits. You know, that's one thing. But that's not what happened. I mean, I, at first I thought, you know what? Gibbs doing, Gibbs doing what he did against Jake Paul. He's lunging forward with with his hand, and Taylor's just going to counter it and, and knock him out. Um, or if Gibb does last, then he's just going to get tired out. But fair play to Gibb. He stayed full energy the entire five rounds. And on top of that, Taylor looked tired for doing nothing. Now, I did Taekwondo, and I was kind of relating this to that because I did a kind of a Taylor strategy in Taekwondo where I would be very defensive. I'd soak up hits, get people tired, and hit them back. But what he never did was hit them back. And that was the big key thing, um, is you have to hit back. You can't just sit there and take it, because then you just get tired from your body. And so, obviously, you have to you have to hit back. And I, I think pressure probably got to him, um, being at this big arena, being at this big stage. I mean, it, it makes sense. But I'm happy for Gibb. He's now won. It wasn't a majority draw. They called it a majority draw, and it was about the most one-sided draw I've ever seen. So, um, I think it was it was very clear that that Gibb won. And um, I, at the same time, I think that. Uh, Taylor Holder definitely could go and box again. Um, but we'll see. We'll have to see. Um, he might have to... Because, you know, he didn't beat Gibb. Jake beat Gibb, and people kind of say, you know, he's a good... Taylor's a good fighter. He could go on to beat the likes of Jake Paul. But uh, this didn't prove that. And it proved that while he has a good defensive stance, he can't attack. Um, we haven't been able to see him attack. And quite frankly, I'd want to see him fight someone else. I really would. I want to see Taylor Holder fight someone else and prove that he doesn't just hold on to people and defend the entire time and can actually throw a few punches that are going to impact, you know, the outcome. Um, but again, I'm happy for Gibb. Now, as far as the main event, Bryce Hall versus Austin McBroom, Bryce Hall got knocked the fuck around. And it was just embarrassing. I mean, Taylor Holder put up a better fight than than Bryce Hall did. Bryce Hall, uh, you know what Logan Paul said it best. Bryce Hall loves to lose because that's exactly what happened. You saw the big beaming smile on his face afterward. Um, honestly, the most interesting thing about the actual fight was the fact that Austin decided to walk out with, with Lil Baby. I mean, look, Bryce comes out alone. Some Just a, a weird move. You know, I was talking to my friend about it, and he's like, yeah, because no one wants to be seen with Bryce Hall. They're like, they know he's going to lose. Like, everyone knows he's losing before the fight. You see... You see fucking Austin McBroom come out. He's got his family, bodyguards, extended family, um, 
mother's nephew's relatives. I mean, he's got he's got everyone. He came out with little baby rapping. Little baby got on the fucking ring in the fucking ring and started rapping before the fight. Like only Austin McBroom can can walk out with an A-list celebrity in that event. And it was the biggest power play. And from that point onward, you just knew that the Lorax, I mean, Austin McBroom was going to win that fight. Because he really did look like the Lorax. <laughs> that man looked like a shiny Lorax. <laughs> All right. Jokes aside, jokes aside. Um, it was a very interesting uh, event to watch. Um, I think the biggest highlights have to be um, little baby walk out. You have um, Jarvis destroying Michael Lee. Uh, Gibbs redemption definitely is is up there. Um, and then obviously you know Deji getting beat up again. So there's some definitely like interesting moments. It was a really fun event to watch. Um, I really watched like highlights afterward. I I don't know if people can come after me for that, but. Um, I mean, I just wanted to see what it was because I never really watched YouTube boxing before and never really cared about it. And then, you know, this event happened. So it was just kind of interesting to see and thought it'd be a good talking point for the the podcast. And uh, I mean, if they're going to sue me for it, I watched it after the event was over. The event was over at this point. So because I physically like couldn't watch the event when it was happening. Um, and so I had, to, I had to watch highlights at that point. Like, what am I going to do? So, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully no one comes after me and decides that they're going to sue a poor broke college student for, you know, $200,000 for damages or something like that. Because I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do about that? So... Anyway, that's going to be it for this week's podcast. If you enjoyed, make sure you go ahead, share it around with all the people. Also, I did a I did upload a video on Gangster Joey. It's a really funny video, so definitely go check it out. It's the recent one. It's about YouTube shorts being really bad, so uh, you should definitely go check it out. But uh, that's the end of this podcast episode, um, and I'll see you guys next week. Take care.